I'm sitting here with Joseph Rosen in his apartment in New York City. Um, I've known Joseph for a number of years now through both of our works in the blues, and I always feel really privileged to to work with him. And, and um, when I come to New York, I often have breakfast with him and chat about things. And today I've asked him to sit and talk to me about his life. <laughs> so let's start way at the beginning. Where were you born? I was born actually eight blocks from where I live now, from where we're sitting. Uh, in what was then the French hospital is now the French apartments. It's been converted. Um, I grew up in Yonkers, New York, which is the first suburb north of the Bronx. Um, but uh, my, my mother's physician happened to be based at the um, uh, French hospital on 30th Street. When did you get your interest in photography? Um, <clears throat> growing up, um, I'm the youngest son of older parents. My, my dad, by the time I, certainly by the time I came along, uh, had a pretty good camera and was traveling a lot. And uh, we'd always have the family slideshows and the camera always fascinated me. And I kind of evolved into that and just enjoying family pictures. And then in high school, uh, I wound up learning the dark room and being the, I think it was the photo editor of the newspaper and the editor of the yearbook and contributing a lot of pictures. When I went to college, uh, I had the incentive to stay in school because I was number 14 in the draft lottery. And uh, I had a student deferment, so I was not about to give that up, but I was floundering around in school not really knowing what to do. Uh, and then I found out that the school I was in, Carnegie Mellon, the humanities school there, had an option for a student-defined major where you could build a curriculum around a certain theme, wow. meeting the core requirements of the college, and uh, I explored it, and I wound up building a curriculum around photography, doing volunteer work with certain civic programs, taking independent studies with certain professors, um, taking whatever photography courses they had. And Carnegie Mellon has a great design and fine arts college, drama too, mm -hmm. uh, and all the technical <laughs> stuff. Um, so I wound up building a major around photography. I have a diploma from a major school that says photography on it, but they don't teach photography. <laughs> so, when, when I think of photography, I, I'm always amazed that there's such a big difference between doing live events versus product shots mm -hmm. versus portraits. Mm -hmm. How did you find your niche? Or what did you, well, how, what would you describe what you do first? Well, I mean, I make a living doing corporate and editorial photography, you know, banks, hospitals, um, pretty much anything that'll pay the bills. Uh, I'm not a wedding photographer, although I don't turn them down if they find me. Uh, and I have fun doing them. But um, my personal work uh, largely is some form of portraiture, uh, even if it's, if it's a performance shot or at the parades where I've been shooting. Uh, they tend to be a form of portraiture. Some people photograph the culture. I'm, I'm more of a portraitist. I also do nature photography and have fun with that. Tell me, in your mind, can you describe to me what a perfect photograph is? Well, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> uh, but it's going to, you know, like, I know it when I see it. Uh, you know, it should just have have an immediate effect on you. It may be very clear what it's trying to say. It shouldn't be ambiguous uh, in its intent. Uh, you know, you have to, it has to connect. If you have to explain a photograph, I think you're in trouble. <laughs> but you know the moment you shoot it that... 
maybe it's not perfect, but you know that you have a good shot? Some, yes and no. Sometimes, I, you know, I'll do it and go, I think that's, you know, I think I just got something there. Something just happened there. Other times, it's like later when I go back and look at the work and go, oh, that one's really kind of cool. <laughs> wow. And yeah. do you see it totally different than the way you thought you saw it? Sometimes, you know, when I'm shooting particularly performance, there's, for want of a better term, a flow to it. And you're, you're, you're in it and you're doing a lot of different things and you're trying things. Uh, and you may not realize you've, you're not necessarily emphasizing each individual picture you're just trying to evolve it and then right. when you go back you find the one that where it really all clicked you know you were at the right height the artist was you know had the right gesture and you know uh, and it it comes together as a whole what do you do to taking pictures of music uh i was a fan i was a blues fan i was you know um got kind of lost in the blues and uh, first with, you know, the British Invasion and the Butterfield Blues Band. And that led me to discovering, you know, the Chicago artists. And um, I was a fan who happened to be a photographer. And um, I, I mean, I've said this before, you know, I, I went and took pictures and would get, bring prints to the next show and get autographs and, you know, just being a fan. And then 30 years later, I woke up with vintage photos. <laughs> Well, you have quite a collection. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I've been doing it for a long time. I started, um, let's see, 1976 with a pilgrimage from Pittsburgh, where I was living, to uh, Washington, D.C. to photograph Muddy Waters. And I've been shooting ever since. And if I remember correctly, the picture that's yes. hanging right there. In the upper left corner there is from that. <laughs> it's from like the first blues session. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, it's a beautiful <laughs> picture of Muddy on stage. Who's that in the background? Uh, Jerry Portnoy, okay. the harmonica player of that era. And Muddy is kind of looking up into the lights, yeah. holding the mic. Yeah. It's a beautiful picture. Well, thank you. You do more than just blues in terms of photography. Yes. I shoot certain New York parades. I've been doing that for many years. Um, I started that after 9-11 to just uh, get out and be with other New Yorkers and and I do the, the kind of silly parades the mermaid parade in Brooklyn and the Easter parade with the bonnets um, to do something a little more lighthearted after 9-11 uh, so that's a long-term project um, a project down south that I'm just shooting black and white uh, with a very simple camera just to things that strike my fancy. Um, and you posted some on Facebook. And yeah. Some I, wonderful pictures. There. Well, thank you. I mean, I use Facebook as a blog about my non-commercial photography. I, uh, <laughs> I stay away from the politics and I stay away from, you know, personal stuff. It's, it's a way to blog about, you know, uh, the pictures I take. Are you, just out of curiosity, have you received any work or has that led to anything else? Um, uh, well, it's spreading the good word, and uh, I'm planning to ramp this up because, as you know, I have a book coming out in the fall. Yeah, we want to talk about that. Um, and uh, I think it's you know, it, it's it's broadened my range. A lot more people are aware of my work, and uh, I've so you know, people have inquired about prints. Um, I can't say if it's led to any specific shooting assignments, but these days, this is how people know about other people. So. Yeah, and, and if if you haven't seen Joseph's work, I mean, Facebook is a great place to start. Well, and your website. Yeah, uh, both of which I'm going to start a Facebook fan page soon to tie in with the uh, upcoming book, and uh, I'm going to revamp my website 
all, all in my spare time, <laughs> of course. But uh, these are things that have to get done, and they will get done. You, you mentioned 9-11. Yeah. Tell me how that affected you. <laughs> um, it affected every, every New Yorker in different ways. How did it affect me? Um, I had one not extremely close friend, a softball buddy, uh, who was a chef at Aon, who, um, you know, um, he passed, and that was obviously affecting. Um, it, it's hard to wrap your arms around or wrap your brain around how it affected. It changed everything mm -hmm. uh, here. New York was remarkably resilient, um, and for a while it led to um, a lot more just... Um, Oh, I don't know, compassion between people. Everybody realized they were all in it together. But then right. after a few years, everybody got grumpy again. <laughs> and started honking the horns. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, it, it changed everything. I can't, you know, sum it up in a, in a sentence or anything. But yeah. the fact that you decided to take on some of these other photography uh, assignment, not assignments, but projects. Well, I've always had personal projects. I mean, um, some involve nature photography, uh, I, I like the act of photography. You know, mostly I want to be behind the camera. Uh, yeah. And but that particular one was, yeah. I just wanted to get out and do something, like I say, lighthearted. Because uh, you know, the Easter parade with all the bonnets, it's just it's fun. And um, and also just to meet. You know, I talk to people and you know interact. There's a little social transaction in the kind of pictures I'm making. You know. Is there resistance to you pointing a camera at people? Um, well, for one thing, and particularly in a project like that, uh, you know, if some, I'll, ho I'll hold up the camera, um, and you know, how about a photo or something? If somebody says no, I say, okay, great, thanks anyway, have a great day. You know, right. um, it's not. Sometimes there is, but generally, if, if you're nice and polite, and uh, a lot of people are, oh, thank you. <laughs> so, um, so, and sometimes they never know what ha happened. You know, there are pictures I take as a fly on the wall. And, right. Uh, an observer, so. What's in, like, it's neat how you capture moments, especially the parade stuff, because you just see. And then there are moments where people are posing. Yeah, there's, I like to say that there's a moment between when they, they pose and they posture, where you can capture, you know, something, hopefully, uh, of the person before they, you know, particularly since a lot of these times, a lot of the parades, people are in costume or, right. you know, things like that. That's an interesting thing yeah. between pose and posture. Yeah. So pose would come. Well, right they're looking the... at you. They're engaged, but they haven't fallen into a posture. They haven't, you know, gone into the presentation, so to speak. We've talked about this in the past about having the eye. Tell me about how one develops that. I mean, does one just have it? One develops it. Well, I think. That's a tough question. Uh, I think that I think part of it is just uh, you know a native God-given talent that you may or may not have, but I think it it can and has to be honed uh, by doing a lot of photography. You know, uh, there's a lot of people who you know these days with digital cameras jump in and suddenly they're a photographer. You know, I think you know right. you have to uh, evolve into your own style and your own look and hone your skills. Uh, you know, I occasionally teach a workshop and I'll say, you have to know enough technique to forget it. What is like the ideal environment for you to shoot? Uh, like I presume it's music. Well, I mean, that's where, yeah, 
music is, I think, the stuff that I'm most passionate about. Um, a lot of the artists that I really, really care about are sadly, you know, gone or going. Um, mm -hmm. I enjoy, you know, many of the young, newer artists, but um, I think my the real work that has the lasting value is of the first generation guys that I'm old enough that I got to photograph. Right. Um, you know, the Muddy Waters and the John Lee Hookers. And when they were pretty vital, too, not when they were, you know, walking with a cane. Um, I don't know if it's a sign of times, but they just, a lot of them seem to have so much more character. You yeah. Know, like, I meet a Gatemouth family, yeah. and you don't meet another person like that. Uh, I, yeah, I agree. And, um, well, I think it's just, you know, part of it could be generational, too, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> but, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very glad I got to catch the first gener first generation of uh you know electric and recording you know modern blues players right yeah. but the fact that you know some of them and i think you know them as friends does that change the approach that you take in terms of photography i mean does it change well i mean if if i'm shooting a stage show that you know the artists you know they're 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 not paying attention to me they're right. doing their show so that doesn't change if i'm sitting you know, doing a portrait, or if I'm privileged to be backstage with them, you know, that, yeah, having a personal relationship makes a big difference. Let's talk about your book. But okay. let's start about how this whole idea came about. Um, well, the book is called Blues Hands, and uh, like every photographer who shoots musicians, I would occasionally shoot hands pictures. Hands are lovely. Uh, I mean, I believe hands tell a story. That's one of the PR blurbs mm -hmm. <laughs> in the marketing materials. Um, and I would look, I look for themes, or themes present themselves to me occasionally. Um, and I was editing from one of the Rhythm and Blues cruises where I do photography mm -hmm. uh, for them. Uh, and I saw two pictures, you know, kind of side by side of Jimmy McCracklin's hand um, and a, a bassist Cliff Belcher. And I said, oh, <laughs> I, you know, I can do more of this. You know, hand, you know I'm going to pursue hands. I'm going to look at it more directly. Can I ask you when that was? Like how many years ago? Oh, that was probably around uh, that particular cruise is, I don't know, 2007 or something like that. Okay. Uh, and then I found work that, uh, existing work that fit the theme. And um, so I, you know, when I started pulling the book together, I started drawing on everything. And it's not only about close-ups of hands. It's about gesture, um, you know, uh, could be people hugging and their hands are wrapped around each other. You know, hands are a theme that run through the whole right. book. But, uh, like I say, it's not just about close-ups of hands. So, the idea kind of started eight years ago. Yeah. Including material from way back. Yeah. And then, so, at that from that point on, obviously you were conscious about getting more hands yes and by the time you decided or by the time this went to a publisher or you were putting together a package for the publisher how many pictures of hands did you have oh i mean i i still keep finding pictures oh that would have been good <laughs> when i'm looking back for you know a particular artist uh, i just started going through my uh files on the computer um and just dumping them into a big file. 
how are you categorizing it? I mean, I, I presume you go out there, especially at a festival or a cruise, you come back from a week or a weekend with hundreds, thousands of pictures, and then you get rid of the ones you don't, you don't like. I don't know if that happens beforehand or whatever, yeah. but then you have this big bin of pictures, but they're not categorized in any other way by that than maybe by artist. Um, well, I have them categorized, but I'm I'm not anywhere near up to speed as I should be on this. Uh, they're not keyworded, which is really the way that you organize things. You you right. keyword them. So if you were looking for hands, you pretty well have to go through the whole file. And uh, yeah. I mean, I have to dig back, and fortunately, I still have enough memory left that I can remember, you know, uh, you know who I saw, and then I, you know, have a rough database of who was on what cruise and things right. like that, you know, what festival. Uh, so I, I can find stuff, but uh, I'm way behind the curve on uh, organizing. And so, from the moment they said, "Wow, this is a theme I want to pursue," to the moment they said, "I'm going to send this into a publisher and see if it's a possibility for a project." That's, that was seven years or something like that? Yeah. I mean, there was no pressure. It was just something I said, okay, I'm going to pursue this. And then also, once I had it in my head, when I'd come home from a festival, I might, and everything was nice and fresh, I would uh, duplicate, uh, which digitally, you know, doesn't reduce the quality or anything, and just dump them into my master uh, hands file. Right. You know, if I had a hands picture I'd like, okay, here's... You know, it goes over here. And then once I had this huge file of hands pictures, I started going through it. And so tell me about that process of going through it. Like, Well, I did, I, I, I just go through and, you know, certain ones just jumped out. Some, uh, you know, some <laughs> with, you know, with in the process, I realized, eh, it's not that great. So I got rid of, you know, it's just the regular editing process where right. you, the cream rises to the top eventually. When I got a lot of them together and I was getting serious about putting uh, a proposal out there, I actually worked with a curator editor to start w winnowing it down and getting the sequence together. So you actually do the sequence as well? Yes. From beginning to end? Yes. Okay. I, when I submitted the book proposal, uh, it was <laughs> um, everything was sequenced. And a lot of the, the book has to do with the juxtaposition of two photos. Right. Um, you know. <laughs> Uh, one per page, uh, and uh, how they interact and play off of each other and things like that. So, yeah, and the curator, great lady Barbara Koppelman, worked with many well-known photographers. Um, she was really helpful. I needed a foil at that point. Right. Um, I, I would just dither, you know, about <laughs> what to do. When it's your own work, it's very hard. But she would see things immediately, and I'd go, oh, yeah, great, <laughs> thank you. Was there, I think we talked about this, but... Are there any that just kind of stood out that that inspired you or that you're really proud of? Uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't put any bad ones in the book. I put the ones <laughs> that I really like in the book. Uh, so that's the secret. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I am a believer in ruthless editing. Um, meaning? Meaning I, uh, I don't... I, don't put an almost picture in... Don't present an almost picture. I think too many people, particularly in these days with digital cameras and Facebook, will will just kind of throw the kitchen sink at you, you know. Right. And I think it dilutes the quality of the best work in that batch. You know, if you have 17 pictures of someone and four of them are really great, just show the four. You know, we know you can, you know, it's, you, you, we know there's a process and there's others, but 
a lot of people have a tendency to just, uh, you know, throw a very loose edit or unedited stuff out there, and I think it diminishes the quality of the best work. I totally agree, except I don't know how, you know, when I edit music mm -hmm. or when I'm working with video, I find that I could do something, present it to four people, mm -hmm. and I get four different responses. You know what I mean? So, I mean, <clears throat> I have to like it to a certain degree, but I think it's... What is good is so different, and and I would presume that you must. There must be pictures that you like that somebody else didn't like, or oh, yeah. the curator no, thought, oh, I don't. This doesn't work for me, and you think, oh, this yeah. is brilliant. No, um, well, <laughs> I don't know about brilliant, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. I showed uh, the parade pictures, which I'm very fond of, to someone, um, and they were like, eh, <laughs> and that's fine, you yeah. know, because it, uh, and there are various reasons for that because they have a certain passion. Um, and they love my blues work, but the parades didn't connect, um, mm. and that's okay. Um, so, did you have that any issues with your curator about certain ideas that you might have had versus what ideas you had? Uh, no, I mean we worked together, and ultimately it's my call. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, but no, she was very good in finding pictures at uh, good juxtapositions, sequencing, uh, so the, there's a flow to the book. Uh, and uh, and we're you know we're friendly at work, but ultimately I you know I made the call on what's in and what's out. And then you wrote text for each picture. Yeah, I wrote brief text, a paragraph, plus or minus, uh, basically biographical and anecdotal uh, information. So uh, <clears throat> people, you know, you don't I don't want this to be a book that uh, you have to be a blues fan to enjoy. Mm -hmm. It's about more than that. It's about photography. It's about human form, um, anatomy, um, so uh, I wanted people, you know, who are not as familiar with the blues as maybe you or I, to, um, to be able to get some information uh, and understanding of who's in this picture and what makes them unique. Can, this process, this is your first book, yeah. correct? I've contributed to many books, but my first person book. So, being that it's your project and your first book, what did you learn about yourself in the process? Um, well, I like what I do, <laughs> but I knew that anyway. Um, no, that, um, what did I learn about myself? Uh, well, one thing, I kind of knew this, but uh, I, it, it helps to have a foil. You know, mm -hmm. So much of what I do is solitary. Um, you know, I'll parachute into a, a job or a festival and shoot. I mean, the festivals are very social, but right. um, but I'm in and I'm out. And then the editing work um, is, is just sitting here at the computer. Um, and uh, a lot of times for other projects like the parades or the project I mentioned about down south, I'm just by myself. So to... I'm not my own best editor, is one thing. I kind of always knew that, but I knew I needed a foil for that. Um, other than that, it's just that it was a, I enjoyed the process. It's quite an accomplishment, I think, you know, to be able to put out a book of your own work. I, I've always wanted to, and um, yeah, it's, it's, for, it's nice that it's coming to fruition here. Mm -hmm. uh, never having done it before, I don't know, you know, I can't really predict where it's going to lead, uh, but my feeling is, uh, certainly as of now, that it's going to lead to good things. It may not be a radical, radical change in my life, but uh, I, don't, I, I don't see a downside to it, certainly. No, for sure. 
No, it's, uh, good. it's I'm good. very, you know, optimistic that it's going to, you know, be a, a nice thing and lead to good stuff. Tell me the details on the book. When I don't have a specific uh, date, but it will. It's Schiffer Publishing, and it's uh, will be in their fall winter catalog, and um, I believe it should be uh, printed and probably printed, and I hope and available roughly in October. I don't know. It's going to be available for the Christmas market, assuming everything goes well and there, right. you know, the boat doesn't sink on the way back from wherever it's being printed. <laughs> um, so, if people are interested in buying the book, um, oh, <laughs> again, if I, you know, do everything properly, um, they can go to my website, josepharosen.com. I'm sure it'll be listed in Amazon. Uh, Schiffer has. Uh, good dis distribution, so it should be in the Barnes and Nobles, uh, or f at least available through them, and through Schiffer. Great. In your photography journey, and you've had some great moments, because you get to work on the Blues Cruise every year, you work at the Blues Music Awards, you go to a lot of great festivals. Can you share with me one or two amazing moments that you thought? Oh, um, well, uh, the trip to Iraq in 2008 Tell me about uh, with that. the Blues of Palooza, that was that was amazing. I mean, um, and I got to give propers to uh, Steve Simon and John Hahn who produced the tour, and all the artists, uh, Shabika Copeland, Zach Harmon, um, the sadly departed Michael Burks, Tony Brownagel, Deanna Bogart, uh, Moreland and Arbuckle, Terry Wilson was on the rhythm section. I mean, I was along for the ride. These are the guys who did the, did the shows, um, and I was along to document it. Um, and, and the purpose of this trip was? Uh, to bring blues entertainment to the troops in Iraq. Okay. Um, there's a lot of um, uh, music, you know, entertainers go over there. Some go further, you know, some are big shows and uh, relatively away from it right. <laughs> places. Others, smaller shows, go way out, went way out into the, you know, forward, what they call forward operating bases, which were pretty rough hewn, you know, these guys. We never went anywhere where there's a lot of activity, uh, but you know they're out there doing war. <laughs> mm -hmm. Tell me about what you learned from that experience. Well, like I say, it put a human face on it, um, and it was just uh, it was just again I was along for the ride, but it was just very rewarding. These people, were, you know, they're out there in this crazy environment, some of whom you know risking their lives. Uh, and uh, they really, really enjoyed uh, the fact, the entertainment, and the fact that somebody came all that way just to, to you know, to, to bring a little normalcy at home. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of them knew, knew about the blues, but a lot of them didn't. But anybody who went to one of those shows had a blast, you know. Uh, and some of the places we went, some of the forward operating places, they didn't get much entertainment. So. They uh, they really appreciated it. You know, people would just stop at our dinner table and thank us. You know, and again, I'm using the royal we here, yeah. but uh, uh, you know, so it was it was, it was a, a gratifying experience. As I've gotten older, I've drawn a distinction or able to draw a distinction between the people who uh, are at war and the forces that sent them there. Mm -hmm. You know, these these were you know uh, these were real people, most of them young, although a lot of them are middle-aged reservists right. on their third tour. You know, there's no draft. We just send you three times. Right. Uh, and I, you know, I felt, I felt for these people. You know, they're away from their families, uh, you know, meeting, I remember one uh, 
20-something uh, female soldier saying, you know, she had a, uh, you know, a 10-year-old, 10-month-old uh, that she hadn't seen, you know, for six months and was dying to get home, you know, and thank you for bringing, you know, for, I think her quote was, uh, thank you for uh, helping me forget I was in Iraq for two hours. Ooh. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's one thing to wave a flag, yeah. but, you know, to fight for your country, to risk your life, yeah. to leave your family. And, yeah, to see, I, I was never in the military or anything like that, and seeing how, you know, it was structured, how the people lived, what they were, you know, uh, you know, the sacrifices they were making, it, you know, it hit home. Yeah, so that must have been really special. Yeah, it was. And I know you've had other incredible moments. Yeah. I mean, luckily, the things we do, we find ourselves in... And they don't have to be spectacular yeah. moments, but just backstage chatting to somebody. And yes, think. it's. I'm very grateful for what I'm able to do. And you know, even in a boring corporate job, uh, it's over at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I also look at my corporate work as uh, I'm getting paid to practice. You know, to hone my skills, to learn my equipment, um, to be just a photographer, to keep keep going at what I you know what I believe in, what I do. When you decided that you wanted to be a photographer, did you ever think that this would be the journey that you would take? No, I had no idea. <laughs> uh, no, it's, 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 my path has been pretty unique, uh, and it's just one thing led to another. Uh, and there have been some slow times, but then, uh, uh, it, like, I've, I've been working with a small assignment agency now since 1996. That's, we're going on 20 years, and that's been bread and butter. Um, and when I, when we started our relationship, I needed to work. Things were getting very tight. My old clients and client base had shifted. Uh, and, uh, so, uh, I jumped in and it's turned out to be a great relationship. Uh, but you know, I thought maybe I, you know, at one point maybe I'd be an annual reporter and advertising photographer. The flip side is that having this relationship that gives me bread and butter assignments has given me a lot of control over my time and freedom to go places um, and I'm my own boss, you know, with responsibilities and obligations. But uh, uh, it's just been a, a, a you know, what is it, a long, long and crazy trip. You know? you know what? I want to thank you for doing this. I really, oh, my pleasure. I have such respect for you and your work. I feel very well, privileged likewise. to be a friend of yours. And um, Th That for a feeling is mutual. Well, thank you. And... Uh, you know, I, I posted your B.B. King tribute, uh, or shared it yes, on my Facebook. Nice. The overwhelming response was how wonderful it was. Wow. I'm very proud to be part of it. So. Well, thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate you. Your pictures just, you know, yeah. it just helped so much. Yeah. It worked. It's a whole piece. Thank you, sir. Okay, thank you. <laughs>